Rage Sigma. Some of our language is coming at you with irresistible force. If you don't think you can pass your strength test, then best back off now. You will not be able to stay home, brother. You will not be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on Skag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. What's up, Didgeridoos? We are back. Welcome to episode 5 of Rage of Sigmar, the Dwellers Below, episode 61, the great podcast title heist. I'm your host, Joe Pagano, and always with me is my apprentice, Jacob Berry. How you doing, Jacob? Hi. <laughs> How's it going, Joe? That's pretty good, dude. I just uh, was in Philadelphia yesterday having a good time, so a little tired today, but feeling good. I bet. Sounds like you had a, a pretty good time. As always, our show is brought to you by Mini Stomp on Twitter and also Anthony Polcastro. If you want to order any models, you should hit up Mini Stomp in the U.S. I don't know if he ships international. And if you want to order any either resin printed or yeah resin printed terrain or a giant base for your oversized corn dragon hit up anthony polcastro on twitter it's at crazy horse one three two one hit him up yeah. our show also sponsored of course by fosters the best australian beer there is yeah i would definitely say 100 percent. none of these people are actually sponsors they're just... definitely the best yeah. <laughs> nice is that like the tank can like the big Ooh. fat one it's, uh, no, it's a LaCroix. No. Oh. Dude, you're just a... <laughs> you know LaCroix is made by the same people who make Fago, so you're just like a bougie juggalo right now. Sounds right. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very post, <laughs> post-insane post clown posse, post-face paint juggalo. Uh, yeah, you're in the later years? <laughs> right, exactly. So, yeah. so you're, like, you're like right before joining a white power group, right? Right after? Like right before, because the juggalos tend to go that way. No, but before means it hasn't happened yet. Oh, do they know you're a Jew? Happy Hanukkah! <laughs> Today's the first night of Hanukkah, everybody! Oh, yeah. What are you going to get for Hanukkah, yeah. dude? Uh, sadness. What's on your list? Is there like a Jewish Santa who comes for Hanukkah or no? No. No. Everyone knows that your parents get you the gifts because Santa's not real. Sorry, kids. Spoiler alert. <laughs> How was that in school growing up? I know we're really off topic, but like, were you like just wanting to fuck with all the Catholic kids and be like, hi, Santa's First of all, not really Growing idiot. up in San Francisco, I'm not sure I knew many Catholic kids. I'm sure I knew Christian kids, but I don't know how many Catholic kids I actually knew. I feel like San Francisco, since it has like a large number of Italians, would have a big Yeah, I guess you're right. Catholic Plus, community. there's a pretty large Latino population, so yeah. there's probably a good amount of... Okay, well, no, really growing up, it was just me being confused why they didn't play songs from my people in the grocery store every Christmas time. Yeah, but Adam Sandler put it all out there, bro. Yeah, he made four songs, and then he also did a Thanksgiving song. He also made a whole movie called Eight Crazy Nights. Right, but it was was PG-13, and we were like 10, so I didn't see that until I was 20. (laughs) He's like a drunk, right? I remember seeing that in theaters. No, he's, he's like a drunk delinquent who pees on elderly people. He like pushes, he pushes a guy in a porta potty down a snowy hill, and like the guy gets covered in frozen shit. That's an awesome movie. Yeah, see my role models, and we wonder why I turned out the way I did. Yeah, agreed. I don't think anyone's wondering that. If I'm being honest. No. 
No. All right, so let's get started with what you're working on. Joe, talk to us about your hobby. Uh, two days ago, I put the last layer of paint on my Idenf Deepkin army. Woo! Yeah. I'm really excited, dude. Ah uh, no, it was a labor of love because I did. I had to paint twenty-five to Marty in five days, and that was a lot for me. Um, yeah, I did them all like you paint your armies, and I just wanted to fucking kill myself. It was so painstaking. So when you're like, for me, painting doesn't become entertaining until you're at like the maybe like first or second level of highlight. Mm-hmm. And when you're doing five models at a time, it's easier to get through the like the paint like teeth pulling of. Um, of like base coats and and washes yeah. and shit. So, like when I was doing all that across twenty five models, I was like, this is never gonna end. And then once I got to the end, like it took me three days just to do all the base coats on twenty five models. And then my last two days, I'd like highlighted everything multiple layers. And but wasn't it great when you got to highlight things at the end? I mean, it, it was rewarding, but honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I don't sounds know. Like, I sounds might, like you're not a convert. Sounds like you're not changing how you paint. You're still going to go five models at a time. I, I might do it with um, my flesh eater quartz because since there's so much flesh on the ghouls, mm-hmm. I feel like it would be really easy to get to the point of, excuse me, uh, of the point of like, because I'm just going to spray paint them white like I do, and then I'm going to hit them with a wash to tone it down, and then I'm going to highlight back up. Can you airbrush the the wash no you, i don't think you would want to why not because it washes pool the whole point is that they pool so like if you're <sighs> if you apply the wash using the airbrush i don't know Min- minotaur paints do like a ghost tint that's really okay. that's really cool kind of, it's kind of cool looking i yeah. about getting some of those and that's like a spray like a tint and, like, if I hit the white with that and then just fucking highlight up. Because you know how I did my Nomardi with, like, I did, like, a white spray paint base for the flesh. And then I just blue washed and then highlighted with some, um... Which flesh? No, well, it's, like, that kind of paint. I don't use Citadel paints. GWs, yeah. Yeah, so I use Reaper. So yep. I use Vampiric Skin and Vampiric Highlight, which is pretty much, mm-hmm. like, Rackarth flesh, which flesh, those colors. Right, yeah. yeah. That little kind of grayish white skin color and it it looks pretty good they look really nice uh, um so i was pretty happy to get them done and get them uh ready to rock and roll for uh pax which was yesterday which was just a yep. little a one-day event that martin orlando ran and uh he did a, marty did a great job dude he did an excellent job um, i feel like he's one of those people who's he runs five tournaments a year and only gets to play in two yeah he's very good for the community and i I, he had never met me before, <laughs> so I'm all <laughs> that like, been nice. I was all like, hey, what's up, dude? I like walked up with Luke, and he's like talking to Luke. I was like, hey, Martin, it's good to finally meet you. And he's like, who are you? And I'm like, uh, I'm Joe Pagano. And he's like, oh, the best trash talker in AOS or something. <laughs> and I was like, well, now I'm upset that that's my I'm known as. <laughs> like, I'm trying to be more than that, Martin. Thank you. So I don't um, know, man. Being four games in to your Age of Sigmar career and already being known as the best trash talker in Age of Sigmar? I don't think I'm the best. I don't think I'm the best. I think he was just saying that to make me feel better about being one of the worst trash talkers in AOS. But he's never listened to the podcast, he said. He's only ever (laughs) seen me talking shit on Twitter. (laughs) So, and I... (laughs) Maybe that's why he still likes us. Yeah. I was like, oh, you've never listened to it? He's like, yeah, but I'm going to. I was like, maybe you should just continue not. So... (laughs) But let me, uh, I want to kind of go back a little bit uh, and 
since... Oh, wait, hang on. I blew it. What are you working on, Jacob? Thanks for asking. I was going to actually just close my <laughs> Skype and leave if you didn't ask. <laughs> Hello, Jacob? Hello? Uh, so I got... I finished all of the magic weapons on my current 2,000-point list of Stormcast. So I, I finished doing the line highlights. I added more glazes with the um, hex rate flame. I did some some actual pure white dot and line highlights on the weapons. Uh, threw some more washes on <clears throat> the... So I all the weapons have, I guess, the handles. I did them all blue to match the... Like the robes, so the robes on my Stormcast are like a darker blue and a gray. So I had the the handles matching that blue. So I threw some washes on that. Hit another round of highlights on blues, on the the cloaks and shit. But it's still probably two layers away from done, which means another two weeks if I actually put in hobby time. Um, but I'm coming real close to finishing that the army. The last thing I actually have to do is I have to go buy. I used up all my known oil, and my my hobby in general revolves around washes. I'll use a wash first and I'll highlight over and fix all the, the color inconsistencies, but I use those as a guide of where where the color goes. And I'm all out of black ink in the black wash, so I need to go buy some of that so I can do the cats. Because I've decided I'm just going to do the cats gray and white. Okay. But then then I'm done. I'm actually going to probably redo my bases because I saw your base and how good they looked and how sloppy mine looked. So I'm probably going to pop all my models off their bases and redo them. Or redo the black on the bases anyway. Yeah, but I mean, when you think about it, like, well, the, did you? I know you like you kind of do your hobby build a little differently than my, me. So when you put the green stuff on your base, mm-hmm. you like had all the bases. Like, you didn't put any of the models in the bases. You built and put all. I the, built them separate from the base. Yeah. Did yeah. you paint the bases first and then glue the model to the base, I or did. did you put glue the model to the base and then paint everything at once? I glued, or I painted the base first and then glued the models to the base. Yeah, so you could just see, like, that layer of glue is going to be on top of paint, so you could just pop yeah. that off really It'll easily. It'll be really easy. There's, like, two models that are actually pinned in place because they're in some weird dynamic poses. Otherwise, I should be fine. So what do you think you have to do to that? Uh, I'm actually just, so what I have been doing for my base in the past was I have a, a layer of black, I dry brush some gray, I do some chunky white highlights, and then I hit it with a gloss, and it looks like obsidian and black stone problem was those chunky white highlights came out really bad so i'm actually just gonna do black over all the bases again or over all the stone again i'm gonna do two or three layers of gray dry brush and then i'm gonna probably then glaze it back down using the black and then do actual highlights with the white and not just do shitty big white lines i think that maybe you should you're adding a step with that glaze back down I think you don't yeah, need to do that Yeah, I really step. like I the think depth you could, it creates. I, I think, don't know. I think you could just don't dry brush and do a little just a little blend. I know you don't use a wet palette, but if you use the wet palette, I think you would be able to get that effect without having to do all those extra steps. Mm-hmm. Although dry brushing is pretty easy when you're doing like 30 bases at once, but yeah. that glaze will be fucking annoying on 30 bases. I don't so. know. Uh, I find glazes to be almost relaxing because all you have to do is make sure your paint is super thin, slap it on there one or two times, and it's done. I think it's because I don't really like waiting for them to dry. Yeah, but you don't use glazes in general, do you? Not really. I used them on my um, my Eidolon, mm-hmm. on the cloak. Yeah. Uh, but I think I would prefer to blend like a wet blend or work on 
out of my wet palate. Yeah. But maybe it's that because I think it's also because like I'm not like a like I'm not like a hobbyist that's gonna be like, I need to learn a new technique and like go and reach out to another person who's a way better painter than me and be like, How did you do this or how did you acquire like obtain this effect? Right. Me, I'm like, um this works for me and I'll do it that way or I'll be like, Hey, this kinda looks like this would work and then I would use it more that way and like kinda sure. develop my own way, which is I know probably stupid. Like if you really want to get better, you find someone better than you and you ask them for tips or you read articles and shit but for me i just enjoy painting i've always kind of been like that with the way i do shit like figure it out my way like play, right. i play guitar dude i taught myself pretty much you know i that's just the way i am sure so yeah i hear you man there's a lot to be said for learning from other people there's a lot to be said for learning what works for you yeah i find if i stick to what i know how to do though i start taking shortcuts and then i end up just with like a sloppy product which is what happened with those bases right like I did something that worked, and then I thought it was simple because I came up with it on my own, or like thought I'd come up with it on my own. And then down the line, I stopped executing well because I figured it was something simple instead of instead of sticking to a process that I knew worked. I tried to simplify that process or take it away from like a full set of steps. I guess I, I like cut corners enough when it's not when it's my own process. I don't know how to explain it really. You're uh, saying it, that. You kind of <laughs> you got lazy, yeah. Yeah, that's what actually happened. That's what happens, dude. It happens to all of us. So here's here. I'm going to segue for a minute because I realized another thing that I haven't finished on all my Stormcast is the gems. And one thing I've been doing with the gems is I've been painting them progressive colors in the rainbow. So like yellow wash, orange wash, red wash, purple wash, blue wash, um, like across the entire gem. So I'm getting the full spectrum in that one crystal i guess um but it looks doesn't look good right now but my thinking was that if i throw a white wash on it the white will seep like seep into the the recesses and then i can just do white highlights so that it'll actually blend it together and maybe look like a gemstone this could end up really really bad yeah i may end up redoing the whole thing i think you might end up redoing the whole thing with that yeah, I'm only going to try it on a couple models. I'm not going to do the whole army. <laughs> Just try it on one you don't like. Like you don't have yeah. like you don't have a model that was in your old list, right? That you could do that on. That I not... do, but I might put him back in at some point. But I do have I do have models that I can try it on. I have like yeah. two thirds done models that I'm not going to use. Yeah, so there you go. Yep, there's a plan. So that's what I'm working on. Um, let's talk about some games played because I haven't played any, but I'd love to hear about yours. Um, yeah, sorry, it was just a prompt came up on my computer real quick, but, um, so, before I get into packs, I recently played my buddy Mark, um, uh, I've talked about Mark on the last show, but, uh, I don't really think I went too deeply into what he's playing, but he just kind of collected his, like, enough models to play 2,000 points of Disciples of Zinch. Uh, right. I wouldn't say it's like a, uh, min-maxed, I would not say it's like the best list that he could play, but it's pretty decent. He took, um, if I remember correctly, he had a Lord of Change, he had a Shaman on Disc, mm-hmm. two units of Horrors, a big unit of 30 Zangors, a unit of Enlightened on Discs, mm-hmm. and a unit of Skyfire on Discs, and he took that Zangor Coven. Yeah. Yep, and then he uh, had, like, Geminids and... Uh, Cogs? 
Nah, yeah, cogs. Yeah. So I, I mean, but this is like this is the army that he's just learning to play with. He's yeah, played this is his first, three this games. Is, this is yeah, his this would be his no, this would be his second game with that army. Honestly, I think that's a pretty solid starter army. Like without having consulted internet wisdom or WhatsApp groups, that's it's not a bad list. Yeah, um I would say that he's his only disadvantage is not having a summoning pool to right. pull from. Like the only thing that he could summon was uh, he had a unit. Of, he has like a models for ten blue horrors, and that would be sure. his, that'd be it. Which isn't bad because that army right there, I don't really think needs that. Like the summoning is a huge bonus, of course. Right. But um, I don't think he actually needed it that much. Anyway, so we played the game and uh, we played places of arcane power, which I was like, well, that's kind of rough for me because. Do you mean POAP? Yeah, POAP. POAP. That's the new acronym we're using for that so we we're playing POAP and I was like well that sucks because I only have two wizards on my 2000 point list and that was my first game with my list that I got two units of 10 horrors which are a wizard and then a two more actual wizards and a shaman yeah so he has four guys that can hold objectives and I have two yeah I have one guy with a magic item and a tide caster so mm-hmm. she's not going to do much for holding objectives and neither is uh, the jerk off with the weapon yeah but he had first turn and he did not move on to the objectives. He kind of was like, more afraid of letting my army get into contact with him. Yeah. So he, I don't know, he kind of just made a little, that was like a mistake, which he's a new, Mark's a new player to Age of Sigmar. He's figuring the game out. Yep. So like, I don't fault the dude at all. Like, I mean, like, it would never happen in a tournament. So it's not like a, it's not like practice for me, but more like, let's figure out how this army works and whatever. So, sure. right. Uh, I ended up like taking the objectives we, I go up a couple points, then he takes him back, he goes up a couple points. In the end, uh, I think he had me by one point, but we misplayed some stuff. But it was kind of, I just want to say that, talk about this game because it was a cool experience to go. This is my worst case matchup. Right. And my worst case, like, matchup in this one scenario. It's like the worst for my list. Like, I don't think there's. Sure. Your because, list is really poorly designed and, for this and, scenario. Yeah. And relocation orb, right? Technically. Yeah. So anyway, but those two are my like my Achilles heel because I'm just the Deepkin don't have super great access to good casters and battalions to get extra magic weapons and items and shit in there. So there, you don't have access to mid price durable casters. Yes, because you've got you've got no, a I have super expensive, very good caster to 440 yeah. points. He's yeah. great. He's awesome. I have one. He's almost done painted, but it's not. Putting him into the list that I want to play takes out too much of the toys that I want to bring. Right. So it's like to fit a 440 point model, I have to sacrifice That's more right. than more than just my turtle though, because my list is at 2,000 points, and I'll right. talk about my list in like two minutes. But my list is at 2,000 on the money. So if I drop, I have to drop 440 points. I'm losing more than just a turtle. The turtle's yeah. 380. So. So aside from list considerations, what was the biggest thing you learned from that game? Um. I learned that, well, I learned from that game and other the games that I played this weekend that there, when you feel like when I feel the gut feeling that I need to operation like grill, just shove all mm-hmm. my shit forward, or yep. if I need to sit on the objective and let them come to me, or like be conservative, yep. that if I follow that, I perform much better than I do if I'm worrying about killing shit. Hmm. Right, like because I still. How's that different than Operation Grill? Well, 
there's okay. So let me rephrase that. Operation Grill is not always kill the things that are easy to kill, or as much as it is, is like move your shit up, let them charge you. You know what I mean? Like get on those objective, take that charge. Because if you nab the objective, so early, consume space, get out there and control the the pace of the game. Yeah, because I s- still play this game. Well, I used I'm starting to stop now, but I was playing this <laughs> game like it was Warhammer Fantasy, where it was like, well, if I kill these units here. That's good for me. You know what I mean? Like, still kind of playing, right. like, victory Even points. Even though there's no actual benefit to killing a unit. Yeah, there really there really isn't. So, that's fine to me. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to see that now. I'm still, I'm like, you know, because you still kind of want to do the same shit that you loved when you were younger. Right. You know what I mean? And like, there's also, the same way. I'm sure every war game has this, where there's there's the red veil that drops over your eyes, and you're like, I'm going to wreck your shit. Yeah. <laughs> and like, then you realize, oh, man, I just gave up the objectives and have to play from behind now. Yeah. I'm up 400 points, but I'm down five objective points. Especially when you have like a unit like like for me having like Nimardi Thralls, I have 30 of them. I have two units of 30 in my list, so like I could drop some dice, bro, <laughs> in <laughs> combat. And I was there was I was fighting uh, in at packs. So I was I was rolling like 58 attacks one round or some shit. Oh, yeah. So was, I felt dope. I was like, yeah, just drop mad dice. I can't hold them all. Yeah, no, dude, I was doing them. Yeah, it was a, it was a nightmare, dude. So anyway, you want to roll those dice. You want to go, I can, oh, I got my turtle here. I got Volturnus here. I could buff these guys. I could do all this shit. But you know what? Sometimes you don't want to in turn three. And that's yep. what I, something I, I really figured out is like, I really realized, like, I want to buff these units to make them do their super attack, but I don't want to move Volturnus and I don't want to do this and I it's actually better for me to just, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to save these points for inspiring presences. Yep. So, you know. Um, Did you learn anything else about objective claiming that's going to matter in your future? Um, no, I don't. I don't I'm, I'm fishing here. Did you learn that you can't retreat onto an objective? Oh, okay. For Mark, the game with Mark? Yeah, yeah. I did. But that's just a beginner's mistake for, for Mark. And, and definitely, I mean, like, I'm still a beginner. A beginner's mistake for me. And sorry, like I, I didn't say I wasn't saying that because I think we need to call Mark out. I'm no, saying no, that no, because no, I want, definitely I want not. you to remember it when you're playing a game so that you don't accidentally do it. Yeah. So that was that's what happened is that um Mark uh in the last round of mine and Mark's game, Mark I was like, Oh dude, you'll win if you just retreat onto these objectives. Right. And he couldn't do that. But we could you know, it's it that's not a big deal to me. Sounds and, to me like you're saying Mark cheated, and we need to put his ass on blast. That's, that's what I'm hearing, Joe. Let's would, let's go to town. Let's I give him the not, treatment. I'm not gonna do that to my best friend, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean, I love Hold Mark. On. I want Mark to keep playing this game with me. Best friend. Yeah. Anyway, continuing. Oh, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> We're gonna take Have a I short break. <laughs> We're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back. But what about Joe Urban? <laughs> What about what about dad? Anyway, um, we're gonna talk more about dad later. Cool. So, do you, do you want to continue with this shit, or are you gonna just yeah, be no, no. behind? <laughs> okay, good. Stop being belligerent. That's my job. Um, okay. So, talk us through your list first, and then we can talk about packs. Okay, so my list is, I think it's pretty straightforward. It's um, Volturnus. He's my general. I take a cut Tidecaster and two Soul Renders. And I take two units of 30 Namarty Thralls, and I take six more Sargard, and I take a turtle. 
That's my list. And you're running it with more fan, right? So you can yeah. bring back okay. Marty. Yeah. Let me bring up the other things that make my list better. Uh, the more fan, so that's bringing back other than Marty. And also the Tidecaster has that nifty freezing mist spell. Mm-hmm. Um, but that spell isn't as good as you want it to be because it has a really short range. So the one that gives minus one to hit? Uh, it's You can only pile in one inch. Oh, right. But I think its range is only 12. It's 12 or 18, but either way, I'm usually not... I usually don't have my Tidecaster that close right. to anything you're that not, can kill you're her. You're not playing your Tidecaster aggressively. That's yeah. kind of a defensive spell. Yeah, it's... Like, she's good. Like, I think I could do it right, but, like, I find in more scenarios that I... Like, the scenarios where I needed it, I needed her to hold an objective, so I was like, well, I really don't want to push her forward <laughs> and have right. her die, right? So, Did you ever use her, her native spell? Is her her native spell is the minus one to hit? Yeah, right? that's the one. It's minus one to hit. Yeah, it's minus one to hit, and then the next hero phase, it takes the character takes D three wounds. Right. Yeah, I did that to a great unclean one. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty. I cool. think that's a. I think it's a really solid spell. I think it works as an ally too. It's because a, a lot of armies don't have a good way to to project minus one to hit. It's a seven to cast. Oof. Which is not very easy. That is. And I don't think she gets any plus ones to cast. That's unforgiving. You'd have to be next to arcane terrain and like. Throw on a, on a bailwind or something. Yeah, that and that's just so much investment for one little rinky dink spell. I mean, minus one yeah. hit is good. It's amazing, but at the yeah. same time, it's like when you really think about it, you're just you're pushing you're pushing too hard to make synergy happen where the ultimate value is not that high. Yeah, that so. makes sense. Have you looked at the spell that does more damage as it goes further? I don't know which one that is. So there's a spell in the Ideneth lore. It targets the, the closest enemy unit. Oh, then it goes up to 48 inches. If it's up to yeah. 48, yeah, it does like... So you stick the Tidecaster in a corner and you just start sniping off damage because you're going to be out of range of Dispel anyway. Uh, I didn't think about that. It's a funny idea. I don't know that it's good. Um, let me I, rephrase that. I don't know that it's competitive. I think it's a cool idea. Yeah, I'm gonna. I don't have my, my books in my car still because I got home at like midnight last night and I didn't want to be carrying all my shit in. And, uh, so what so, you're saying is, from episode one to episode five, we've learned nothing and we have no books on hand, as usual. Yeah, well, it sucks to suck, dude. They're doing a bunch of construction yeah. on my block, so there's no. Can't parking. believe, can't believe we're on episode sixty-one and nothing has <laughs> changed. Dude, I can't believe we're actually the dwellers below now. That's like the best part about this whole thing. Absolutely gorgeous. Oh, oh, I'm man. so excited for all the jokes we're going to make about that. I can't wait to not be friends with the Australians. First the British, now the Australians. Here we go. <laughs> Coming for you next, Dan, from AOS Shorts. Yeah. <laughs> Get yeah. your hobbit yeah. ass out of my friend circle. <laughs> oh, God All damn. right, so there's your list. You went to PAX. Yeah. 20 players. Uh, I guess do a little recap for all my games. Round one, I played this dude, Ken. He was pretty fuck cool. So, uh, probably like maybe like 15 years older than me. And I said his kids were in college, so he just looked young. He was like a young-looking yeah. old guy. Yeah, old so guy. he was a healthy 60. Yeah, like totally better shaped than me. So, uh, Ken was running Beasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... I feel bad saying this uh, about this tournament, and I feel like Martin did the right thing, but I didn't play another fully painted army the whole in uh, three games. And, like, yeah. I'm okay with that. 
for a small event. And it's just sometimes you want, like, I look for that. Like, I really look to have play against other fully painted armies. That's, like, my yeah, favorite thing but, like, about the when game. When you go to LVO, right? Like, yeah, you're that's what I'm going to get. Painted armies. If, someone's, if someone puts a half-painted army on a table at a five- or six-game tournament, that's, that's disrespect to your opponent who yeah. flew there and is doing this on their time off. But, you know, if you're driving an hour and a half to what is ostensibly an RTT, yeah. right, like three games, it's not, even, it's not even a hobby weekend. It's like, get away from your family for a day. Yeah, I understand. I just, I think I, that's just like a personal, like, like I don't even oh. like playing like for fun games at my house with unpainted shit. Yeah, like, no, I, that makes sense. I guess so. You. So you're really not okay with Street Hammer. Uh, I think Street Hammer's just because of what Street <laughs> Hammer is, is is great. So, uh, I'm so excited for my challenge with Neil. Yeah, I'm gonna throw down at Adepticon. Yeah, do you want to talk about that right now in the middle of me talking about my games, or do you want to talk yeah, about that later? Yeah, let's do it. So okay. I've been doing a lot of strategizing. I've read through a lot of battle tomes. All right, excellent. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. So, so anyway, Ken had this big, big beast of chaos army. He had a lot of models, dude. And I was kind of like a little overwhelmed. I was like, fuck, because the Marty don't really take a hit that good. So they can maybe delete a unit a turn, but they can't take on three units at once. No. Not like that. So we played Starstrike. Okay. Um, and I kind of moved up my my Morsar guard to be like right on the middle, like right where the star would fall if it fell in the middle. Yep. And for turn two. And he double turned and jammed six bull cores into my. Oh shit! Yeah, and they went bye bye. And his shaggeth. <laughs> but then Volturnus came out and like saved the day and fucked up a bunch of shit. Uh, and the turtle did some damage against Volturnus and the turtle. Like were like the gruesome twosome for the weekend, bro. They were like they <laughs> jacked up a bunch of bull cores. They bat, uh, killed his shaggeth, I believe. Or no. I can't really remember. It was early in the day. But I actually ended up taking that game. Okay. Because so you ended up staying on the objectives? I or how did you get them? Because I, I took my... I had the, I had the one in the middle. Because it didn't mm-hmm. fall on the Morsar guard. It fell to the right. So I swung a unit of Namardi on top of them. Yep. And the boat was like... The boat was like in a way where he couldn't like swing across without like going around my boat. So my boat ended okay. up being in like a really good spot for me. So he couldn't like run his whole army directly at my Namardi holding that. So they had like this huge wall of the boat next to them. Nice. Yep. And uh, so I hold that objective. And then on my right, his ob- star fell. So it was like there was that one and then like whatever 12 inches across from it. right up the right up the road it was right there you know yep so i was like ah oh, can i take that i don't know if i could take that and then mine fell after he deleted everything in my center mhm fell in my center so he had like a like a wide open space That's to run a straight shot to get it but i hooked my other unit in Marty that were on my left of my deployment back around onto it and okay. i managed to just like get in okay. there and uh i had i ended up scoring one more point than him and uh, Martin came up and uh, said, dice down. And we were yep. like, so do we finish the turn or what? And he's like, no, dice down means dice down in my tournament. So this one kind of, that kind of won me the game. I don't think, I'm not a hundred percent sure Ken would have won because sure. I think he would have took my backfield objective and then I would have took his. 
Right. So probably would have canceled out. Yeah, but still, it was kind of unfortunate for him that he didn't get the chance because it was lunchtime too. Why couldn't right. you know? Right. But he said Martin runs his tournaments his way, and I agree. The TO has mm-hmm. the final say. So the TO says dice down means dice yep. down. I got you, dude. It's out of our hands, bro. He's sure. the TO. And we're, did you guys make it through turn three? Uh, we did make it through turn three. Okay. Hi, two questions for you. Did you use movement trays and did did Ken? Okay, so this is the thing. Ken apologized many times for not having movement mm-hmm. trays. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I absolutely need movement trays. And I was like, yeah. In turn, <laughs> but by turn two, all of my stuff was off the trays because I had to be in sure. positions. But it's just for deployment. If it's mo- so much it, faster for deployment and for like your first movement phase. It's so much faster. I yeah. honestly, I've left my stuff on them for like I, I take specific models off, but I leave probably half or more of them still on those trays just because it's so much more convenient. I I didn't ask that to shame him either. By the way, I just think that at a certain point, that's got to become a standard for our game. Like, can you imagine if we played Eighth Edition without movement trays? Oh uh, yeah, but also I think. Like I know, I heard in the UK they have like some guys have said your comp pack or your tournament pack should have mm-hmm. like a, a questionnaire that fills out, um, like for sportsmanship. And one sure. of the questions is, does your opponent have movement trays? Which right. I think it should be like, does your opponent have more than thirty-five models, or does your opponent have a unit over ten models and no movement trays? Yeah, but you know what I mean, like because that's where it gets fuzzy. Because you can't say like, "Oh, this guy had Blee Scroll ra- Raiders and he beat the shit out of me," so I'm <laughs> gonna say he did have, have movement trays, trays but, but he, he has nine models. models. Yeah, <laughs> that's not right. That's not right. So no, I agree with you. I think you got to be careful about the way you put together those that those checklists. So like, yeah, the, he's like, all my models kept getting stuck in my movement trays because I textured mm-hmm. all of them. I have like green yep. stuff and and uh, sand on top and. Uh, he's like, you're really not selling me on those movement trays. And I was like, dude, it's just because they're textured. The base is getting clipped. Because when I did my second set of movement trays, yeah. I usually take my Dremel and I like clean up the center of sure. all those circles. So they like the yep. model just falls right in. And I didn't do that. So I was like, getting, they were getting stuck in there a lot. I so. mean, I've had, I've had some nightmare stories about models getting stuck in movement trays where I'm like snapping models off of the bases every time I try to take them out of the movement tray. Yeah. I just, I need to... Like just trim the edge of the the models because I was using some resin bases that were just a hair too thick, or I need to just probably oil <laughs> like grease my movement trays, <laughs> cover them in Vaseline, lube them up. Yeah, just keep asking your opponent to hand them to you, so it gets really disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not Vaseline, man. <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah, it's extra. Right, so you won game one. Yeah, so um. I walked away with a major victory, and we were using secondary objectives, the uh, hidden ones from GW. Okay. And in that one, I just had invade, so I have three models in his deployment zone, so that was easy. Sure. So I got that. So I got 20, and I think Ken got an 8. He okay. He got 22 and 8, because he got a secondary. Yep. Um, he forgot to do his, so he was like, ah, oh, there's 12 of them. How should I do this to randomize it? And I was like, I have a D12. So, of course you do. Yeah. Everyone yeah. should have a D12. So he rolled it. It's my favorite uh, rap group from Detroit that featured 11 other guys in Eminem. Um, it was five other guys in Eminem. How does that make 12 people? Because they each have their themselves and their, their like alter ego. So there's like Marshall Mathers and Eminem. They count uh, that as two people. That's cool. 
Didn't they do that Toy Soldier song? I just know the the My Salsa song. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Anyway, continuing. Um, so, <laughs> I, I'm like wrapping up our game, right? And I'm putting all my shit in the bin. I don't have my display board done, so I didn't bring a display board. So I put all my shit away. I'm like starving. And PAX had the worst security out of any event I've ever been to. And not that the security was bad. Like, you could just get in there with a shotgun or something. It was, like, super tight. It was like going to the airport. So every time you went outside of the venue, you had to go through metal detectors and security. Wow. And there was, like, probably... There had to be, like, ten, at least 10,000 people there. Because it's, like, all this Jeez, other it's, shit. It's a huge con, right? It's a huge con. Because PAX, well, PAX is huge for video games, right? So right. this is there unplugged. So, like, there were so many, like... Like, you know how like, you go to, like, uh, like LVO is a con, but it's, like, a minis con. Right. It wasn't a minis con, so, like, when we were coming in with our armies, like, people were like, what is that? Or, like, wow, <laughs> what is that for D&D? I'm like, no, it's for Warhammer. Like, so, I mean, which is fine. That's great. Good exposure for the hobby, but at the no, same time. No, it definitely is, but that's what it's, like, going through every airport ever. Yeah, well, dude, these security guards are, like, fucking assholes, and they, like, rummage through my shit. And I'm like, yo, all that stuff is super delicate. And then they're yelling at you. And then this woman broke the tub that I bought. And I was like, you broke my tub. And she's like, shouldn't have bought a cheap tub. And I was like, yo, lady, I don't, I'm not just some fucking asshole nerd. I'm going to punch you in the face. No, I'm not. (laughs) 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 I would. (laughs) Uh, To quote personal friend and poet laureate Ludacris, beat the shit out of security for stopping the fight. Yeah, exactly, bro. So, so yeah, they were like, it was a little, I was like getting a little aggravated. So I actually ended up like not going outside again until it was over. Right. Even though I was super hungry and like, it wasn't, I think the food was in like the third floor of the convention center and like okay. the tournament was on the first floor. And I was like, like, I feel like, all right. So my beef with any like kind of a convention. Can, can you not gesture with your fucking pen knife? I'm so worried you're going to stab yourself. My beef... My my beef with conventions is that it never seems to... Like, the convention will be like, oh, we're going to open doors at 9. Like, if I'm going to an event, I want to be fucking rolling dice at 9. Yeah. So we didn't get out of there. You want to get in there an hour before. Yeah. Set your stuff up. Be ready to go. Because I had to wake up... I woke up at 5.30 yesterday. And I drove to Luke's house, which is like an hour and 15 minutes from me. Mm-hmm. And then we drove to Philly, which is another hour and 45 minutes. The sixth borough. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Did There's five the, boroughs in New York. Did you just say the sixth borough? Yeah. Talking about Philadelphia? Yeah. No. Is that not a thing they say? When Wu-Tang said sixth borough, they were talking about fucking Nassau County. Is that right? Yeah. I don't think that's right. That's right, dude. They were talking about Long Island because one of the dudes, someone from who hung out Wu Tang or was in Wu Tang, was from Long Island. We can just agree to disagree. Oh my god, I hate you. Scholars maintain the meaning's been lost for generations. Oh my god. Do you think Martin, when he was working on his samurai themed Stormcast army, listened to a lot of Wu Tang Clan? I should have um, asked him that. That's our really question should. to Martin. You got to respond to this, Martin. Yeah, Martin. When you listen to our podcast for the first time in 2020, do you listen to a lot of Wu-Tang while you're putting together your army? Yeah, it's a good... Yeah. All right, so I could finally get to my turn, too. Uh, round two. 
<laughs> oh, so I was super busy. I was super hungry. The security was crazy. I just put my army away. And as I'm walking out, Martin's like, leave your armies out for paint judging. And I'm like, oh, fuck that. And I just left. <laughs> so I didn't put my army out for paint judging. So I was like, okay, whatever. I come back. I get the sense this is going to come into play later in the story. Maybe. Um, it's a foreshadowing? Uh, yeah, it's a foreskinning. Uh, right, <laughs> so can you stop interrupting me? I'm trying to get through this where it's not painful for our listeners. Uh, painful for our listeners. I'm good. Round two, I posed to John. Really fucking cool guy. He has the thricefold befoulement, the three nice. Rodigus, the dude with the yep. bell, the dude with the sword, yep. 30 plague bearers, two units of five uh, Blight Kings, and yep. uh, Blight Lord. That's his yeah. list. And we had a fucking great game, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking. He got first turn. He got five fucking points right away. I was like, ah. I just was like, fuck it. You know what? I don't really know what your army does. Never played it. I know it's good. I know I should be afraid of some of this shit. I'm going to put everything I have into you in turn one. And it fucking worked out in my favor. <laughs> I did not. No, I didn't win the game. I don't want to be like, oh, yeah. Kick no. But, so it did. No, work. it did. It did. It was the right move. I, the, I made one move wrong. I fucking sent my Morsar guard into a great unclean one instead of the dude that was using command points to make the like, uh, the plague bearers minus one to hit an additional okay. minus one. If I would have, yeah. and he told me afterwards, like, dude, if you would have did that, I would have had so many more hits. I would have deleted the plague bearers. I would have moved all of my Nomardi into Rodigus. I would have killed Rodigus, and I would have had all those points. Yep. And it was a good game. But what I want, what really kind of cost me the game was. Uh, when Martin told us dice down. Oh. Yeah. Because if I would have had, like, I was about to start my turn, and it, yep. it would have been the start of a new turn. So I said, okay. how do we, like, I already had done my moves. Right. So I was, like, about to, like, get, or it was my hero phase or something. I was, like, getting yeah, ready. Yeah. And Martin was like, you guys got five minutes. And I was like, yo, what do you want us to do? Because we just started this turn. And he's like, well, dice down means dice down. And John was like, kind of looked at me, and I was like, that means keep were, playing. You were, you were, that means keep playing. Point, right? Yeah, I was behind one point. Okay. I was like, that means keep playing. But it's unfair to my opponent for me to go, well, I, he said, I get to keep playing. Yeah, so yeah. like, and like the way, like me and John just kind of agreed, like, all right, dude, good game. It was excellent. Yeah. So, um, and he so it lives, sounds like, good. Uh, he lives like 20, 30 minutes from me. So we're going right. to try and get more games more often. Right. He lives so out long. Do you think the thing you learned from this was, how to pick your targets better and like le- like you got to learn yeah. your synergies I, better also i need to learn to play faster because mm. like i said i don't know i don't really know what the tournament schedule was like i don't like i didn't really read the pack because who reads the pack <laughs> um <laughs> but it's i felt i never made it past turn three in any game yeah at a certain point it becomes something where you think maybe it's not just my opponent didn't have movement trace yeah, or it might be me. I might not I mean, be playing you gotta, fast. You, I, mean, I feel like I make decisions fast, but right. some of the shit in my army like takes time. And right, that was and like, I had four. I had three rounds of combat against thirty plague bears with thirty Namarty wrapped around them. Like I was rolling a lot of dice. He was rolling yep. a lot of dice. It was yep. So there's definitely strategies for getting some through some of that stuff faster. But I also think the more you play it, the more you're going to learn your rules better. You're not going to be stopping to look things up. You're going to know what matchups make sense. I don't think that maybe maybe you being inexperienced made you take longer, but I don't think that that's necessarily an indictment of you as a person. I mean, I think you're a bad person, but it doesn't mean you're not going to get better at this game. Yeah, I just 
feel like I feel like this game at times for me just isn't very isn't fast enough or like not that it's not bad it's like because I'm used to playing like Warhammer Fantasy in tournaments right so that was kind of like I know that got muddy too and there were units with tons of attacks but it was like obvious like who was Mm -hmm. in where there was no debate about like is that guy in is that guy in which didn't happen in my games but could happen Sure. Oh, something I wanted to bring up for my ter- my game one that's interesting and other players might want to know is the bull, the the bull, the flaming bull spell. Yeah. Okay, that thing makes a unit go last in combat. Yeah. That thing hit my turtle in turn three. I go first in combat in turn three. Yep. Uh, the way it got ruled, uh, Martin had talked to some guys in the community in the UK that he knew, is that yep. the bull trumps. That war scroll rules trump army rules. Uh, that's that's correct. Yeah. So, very interesting uh, thing for anyone playing against Idenes that's afraid of that round three. If you got something that can make them go last in combat, yep, it's gonna work. It'll work to your advantage. Yeah, that's that's pretty huge. I felt What's like they should. Spell? Do you know the what the Taurus thing? I don't know. What yeah, it's yeah. Called. I have no idea. Bull something steer. Oh. All right. <laughs> uh, cock, bull, cock, <laughs> balls. <laughs> All right, go ahead and talk about. So you end up losing that one because you yeah, you and, made I, a fair and I didn't get my secondary because I didn't. I wasn't. Okay. I should have just threw this dude up front and let him kill him. But I kind of forgot about it until the end, and I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna get him out there. That's not gonna make it obvious that I want him to kill him." Yeah. Uh, I. I think that comes down to design for some of the the secondaries that GW made for those hidden objectives. Yeah, I, I remember we talked about them in episode one, and I hadn't read them, but you we kind of went over. It. I was like, "Yo, you explained it to me." Yeah, and I didn't. I kind of got the vibe that you liked them less than I liked them, but I also was like kind of indifferent. I, mm-hmm. Like if they're there or they're not there, I'm not going to care. Right. Um. So then round three comes around. Mm-hmm. And I played a dude named Harry, and he was bringing Night Haunt. And Harry was awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's a cool dude. He actually also lives in New York. He lives in Brooklyn, but he's uh he's moving away. So I was like, why did I even invest playing this game with you? I could have made another friend <laughs> that is gonna be there for me. So please tell me he's moving to Nashville. Uh, no, he's moving to Arizona. <laughs> so yeah. no, we had a lot of laughs and a good time. We we're laughing it up. And uh, Night Haunt's good, dude. Um, his list had. Four banshees and oleander. And uh, wait, four like a unit of four banshees? No, four tomb banshees. Four? Oh wow, okay. One with a magic item. Yep. And then he had. Now we're playing places of arcane power, so he Poap. only had two wizards, and I had two wizards. In Poap. In Poap, and uh, well, not two wizards. I had two objective scores. He had two objective scores because he had sure. oleander and a tomb banshee with a magic item, and I had. My Tidecaster and my Soul Render with a magic item. Sure. Uh, and we kind of both just got on one objective each, mm-hmm. and we both killed each one of each other's objective scores. So we were kind of yeah. like both sitting there, like, "Okay, what are we gonna do now?" And it went to kill points, and he beat me on kill points. Okay. But um, beating me on kill points, I was only a minor loss for me, and I got my secondary objective. Sure. 
which was slay. So I had to kill one of his tomb banshees, and I just was mm-hmm. like, I'll kill the one with the magic item, and I hit that motherfucker with <laughs> my Morsar guard, and I was like, I just did like nine mortal wounds. I was like, how many wounds does that? It was like four. I'm like, all right, cool, it's dead. <laughs> so, um, did you take it off when you killed it? No, but um, night haunts pretty interesting. I really like night haunt. Yeah, uh, it's we were actually me and Harry. Probably, I actually said we were bullshitting for so long at the beginning of their game. I was like, "We're never gonna get through this game. If you want, we can call it a draw and just hang out the rest of the time." You kind of left. I was like, "No, seriously, let's just play." So we 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 only got through turn three, which is fine because we were kind of fucking around. We knew we, neither of us were in the position to win anything or have right. a good time. Like, not you know, have a good time. Not have a good time. Yeah, we were just having, we were having a good time and and laughing it up, and that's more important to me. And, yeah, of course. Uh, we had a good. We had a great. It was great. I I really had an overall wonderful experience at PAX. So uh, we what, get through. What units did he take aside from the, the oh, banshees and he Olinder? Had, he had uh, some. Uh, what's it called? Spirit hosts. Okay. And two units of hex rates. Okay. And he had a mourn goal. Okay. And he had a. So he wasn't really running much of the new. He also had, he also had four um four of the banshees that are not the yeah, yeah yeah those models are super cool yeah I think that was it sorry am I boring you Joe yeah 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 definitely hundred percent you are totally boring me I'm sorry I've been I went to and from Philly from Queens yesterday played three games of Warhammer it's the fifth borough it's not that far it's like three hours away anyway um. Oh, I handed out a bunch of our stickers, but nice. I did not bring enough to the tournament for everyone. But it was great because everyone just left them on the table, so I picked them all back up and brought them <laughs> home. <laughs> so you still have a hundred stickers? No, nah, I think I think I got like sixteen got taken or something. That's fine. You so, gave out what, like fifty? Yeah, uh, 20, I think I only brought twenty-five with me because I okay. Um. And from there, we went on to awards, and uh, the other Deepkin player, he won Best Painted. Okay. Uh, um, and who took overall? No, yeah, no yeah. Oh, really interesting story. Um, there was a dude there that I know from when he was a little kid. Uh, his name's Daniel, and he, he ended up taking Best General. But I remember, like... like I feel bad. I, like I said to him, "Hey, I, like I don't know if you remember me. I'm Joe. I used to hang out with you at Games Workshop." And he's like, oh, "I don't really remember you." I'm like, "Oh, that's kind of good because I wasn't really all that nice to you. I'm sorry about that." Like, because <laughs> I was like a teen, you know, I was like a 16 year old, and he was like, I don't know, probably 12, 13, and I was super right. impatient. And I, I mean, everyone else here knows I'm a dick already, so it's just it was compounded. So, but he won uh, best general. What army was he running? I fucking think he had. Some a chaos list. I'll look it up. I have it somewhere. Yeah. Do you have the list or just the? Uh, it'll it'll say what his army I was. I think it was some sort of chaos. He was running. What was his name? Daniel. Dan? He was yeah. running Nurgle. Yeah. He got. It says here best overall. Oh, he got overall. That was best general. Oh, uh, yep. No, he got first place. Yeah. Sounds so. like he is someone you should hang out with more. He'll yeah. make you better at this game. Maybe. Um, what else happened? Okay, so then um, 
we're wrapping it up. I can't remember what other awards went out, but everyone had a good time. Best, best paint went to the other IDNF guy. Yep. And then overall and he went had, to Daniel. He had six best paint votes? Yes. And you had how many? Five. Do you think that if you had left your army out for an hour on a display board, or even not on a display board, more people might have seen your army and voted for you? May- yeah. Yeah, probably. So what did we learn, Joe? Well, I'm not. I don't want to sound like I don't think James deserves <laughs> what he got. I think his name is James. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that he. Told, I'm not like. My win, my. <laughs> I mean, like, um, should be. This is the biggest was, tournament of your life. Another player there, Emma. She had a really nice painted, like a kind of very like airbrush heavy, but a really nice painted sure. um, uh, legions in the gash army. Yeah. You know, there were other nice... There were a couple really nice armies there. And then mm-hmm. it's just that, like, that pool was small because yeah. there were also a lot more unpainted armies there. Right. So, gotcha. while I'm okay, I'm okay with, like, an RTT, like, the small one-dayers being... Not having a paint requirement to also encourage people to come because you're yeah. going to encourage dudes who aren't normal tournament gamers to come. Yeah. And then you're going to build a community by those dudes going, oh, I had fun at that right. tournament. And I'm going to go to the... That's the gateway drug, right? Like, you, you go to an RTT before you go to the boys. Yeah. RTT, for example. Yeah. And then um, Martin said that Triumph this year is going to end up having, uh, like, 700 spots across all games. Fuck. Yeah. That's huge. That's very big. So we'll see where that goes. I was like, when is the registration going to open? He's like, soon. I was like, that's not a date. That's a... <laughs> Fucking, it's a platitude. Yeah. So whatever a platypus does for the English language. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, and yeah, so uh, you end up coming. You got top ten, right? Yeah, top ten, bro. Out of fucking twelve, I got tenth place. <laughs> no, <laughs> I got a top ten, bro. That's all that matters. Congratulations, dude. Tenth place. Top ten, first tournament. Yep. How many hey, people played? How many were there? Nineteen. Yep. Sick. So, top so ten not, fuckers. Not technically top half, but top ten. <laughs> yeah, but somebody dropped, so he gets a zero. So that's actually twenty. So he got no games. No, no. He's dead last. He's one of the nineteen. If anything, no. he doesn't count. No, You're Martin even further from top half. <laughs> no, Mar- Martin also was there. He counts. And there like I don't know, man. I do want to say something. I got a lot of really nice compliments on my army and that felt good. Because I haven't had that happen. In ever. a while, ever. No, I got a lot of compliments <laughs> on my Germans for bolt action, but I feel yeah, guilty. Yeah, but you got you got compliments from the wrong kind of people. Yeah, some guys like, hey, here's this pamphlet. Come meet up with my National Socialist group. We can listen <laughs> to bands like Screwdriver and People Haters. I'm like, and no. you're like, cool. I like <laughs> Alexandra Ocasio Cortez. She's a socialist. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Bernie bro. Isn't there? A, isn't that like an episode of Seinfeld? They end up being like in like a limousine with a bunch of white power people or. <laughs> They get picked so, up by some Nazi dudes but, who are like... I'm going to start by saying I've only actually watched probably three episodes of Seinfeld. And that's my, not possible. In the background. No, I have not watched a lot of Seinfeld. That's not, that's not all, possible. Fuck you for assuming <laughs> that I've watched all the Seinfeld just because I celebrate Hanukkah. Uh, hang on. <laughs> hang on. But have you watched Curb Your Enthusiasm? No, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of... I don't know. Did you let anyone else know about this? They might give you your foreskin back. They're going to come and stitch it back on. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That would hurt. <laughs> Speaking of wiener surgery. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm healed. Oh, good. Yeah. You can walk and talk and 
Jumping yeah. jack? Oh, uh, sneezing still kind of hurts. <laughs> so, uh, taken away from playing, I now have Seven as games? well. No, I have now have as many games of Age of Sigmar mm-hmm. with my two thousand point list, my competitive two thousand point list that I plan on taking yep. the tournaments. Yep. As we do previous podcast episodes. So, you played 60 games? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. No, yeah, so pretty... Uh, I was like, when I went to my first round opponent, he's like, I was like, I have this podcast, and he's all like, really, that's cool. It's like, yeah, actually, I have more episodes than I do have games played, so let's figure out how this goes. <laughs> but I will say that I felt... I'm not sure if that's more of an indictment of our show or of your play. I think it's just of my time. It's an indictment of my free time. But at the same time, I'm going to say that I had a wonderful time playing. I felt very comfortable with my army and its rules and playing them right. And I don't yep. think I made any major mistakes. I made minor mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like there was never a time in the game where I was like, I just absolutely fucked myself. Um, yep. I felt like my deployment was always good. I always deployed against any arm. Like, I, I kept my units in places to prevent, um, like, my the Beastman player. Yep. Like he had half his army in the hiding in the woods, mm-hmm. and I won the roll off for turn. And he was like, "So you're gonna take first turn?" I was like, "No, you are. <laughs> Why would I let you come in behind me?" <laughs> right. No, so. That's smart. I think learning when to take first turn and when to give it away is important too. Yeah, a lot of people like Wait, to give it away. You said you won the roll off. Yeah. You don't roll off for first turn. Oh my bad. No. You finished deploying first. Yeah, I don't remember what happened. Yeah, you said he had a big ass army, and you don't have that many drops. That yeah, I, I, no, yeah, I totally won that. Excuse me, I'm just thinking like it's another game, but uh, no, yeah, it came in clutch and it felt good and it was fun. Awesome, man. So, so, looking at your list and going forward, have you had any thoughts about how you'd want to change it to be more competitive in other scenarios, or how you'd want to all right change so it, adapt it, stuff L- like that? LVO is using the six new scenarios from the last general's handbook that's the right. six games we're going to play at las vegas open in the uh yep in the quote championships in the regular gt right um so knowing that i'm gonna have to play uh poap poap and uh relocation uh, orb yeah and row uh poap and row poap and row uh that sounds like a native american tribe I can't wait to get, like, Twitter berated for saying that. Like, you ignorant <laughs> prick. Thanks. Um, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to correct you. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, I need more things that can hold those objectives. Mm-hmm. The wizard only or counting as twenty yeah. models, but I don't want to also be another. I'd another player that's playing an eels list. Everyone that seems like the direction everyone goes. Everyone's going for the eels yeah, list because so, so, they're good. I'm not knocking them. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm not saying thralls are better. I just want to play something different than what I'm seeing out there. And I know right. you looked up a couple of um, top tening at GT yeah. deepkin list. So what do those sound like? So uh, fifth place. At Blood and Glory, which is a big tournament in the UK, was Will Barton, and he ran a Tidecaster, an Achillean King, a Soul Scryer, two tens of Thralls, and a ten of Reavers, and then he had a nine, a six, and a six of Morsar Guard. So he had oh, yeah. over 
what is that? That it's like over a thousand points just in eels. He and had all more three three tens of Namardi bodies and an Achillean King and like two support characters. But he still only was able to take two of those objectives, if you're looking at POAP. Yeah. Right, the Achillean King with the Ethereal Amulet, which is a good a good shout. But here's the thing when you think about it, right? He also those Morsar Guard are going to go out and try and kill your shit that can oh, take those objectives. kill everything, and you're not going to be able to screen that much. They're too because fast. Because they all fly. They, you know, they do have a big, they do have a big footprint. Six Morsar Guard or nine Morsar Guard takes up a lot of space. Yeah, but, but still. he also has he also has three tens of units to hold stuff in his backfield, or he can use them to screen his own models, his yeah. own eel list. That's pretty good. I think it's strong. Um, the lists we're going to talk about all have a lot of eels because I think they're the the obvious choice on like a power output. But again, I think that there's a lot to be said for use, like creatively using some allies too. I also feel like in Age of Sigmar, um, guys who've been playing a while see mm-hmm. that a lot of lists do require a large model count, and you look at something that has a low model count, and it's like, oh wow, I really want to do that. I want to get yeah. this done fast. I want to have it on the table, and I, you know, it's much easier to go like up your painting ability by doing mm-hmm. a lower model count army because you're not going to get burnt out so you're going to say I could take more time on everyone right so I think that's alluring so like doing so this, it this list had 54 models in it okay and your list had what like 60 uh close six, to more than 60 I'd oh, sorry, like 70, 70 70 models yeah. okay so so not that it's not that big of a difference right the next list I looked up was from Du Bois GT. Curtis Cluett got fourth overall in okay. best order with Edna. Okay. He had an Eidolon of the Storm. Okay. He had Volturnus, a Soul Scryer, and a Tidecaster. Okay. Then he had three, uh, two sixes of Morsar Guard and one six of Ishlan Guard. Okay. And two fives of Liberators. Okay. So that was just shooting, so, right? No, no, Liberators are just the, the, oh, the right. hammer posts. Oh, yeah, they just right, sit in the backfield and hold his objectives. He's got two of the charge eels and one of the defensive eels, and he's got the aspect of the storm and, and Volturnus. What what um what enclave did he run? Ironrock or he ran Nautilar. I don't even know what that does. I'm sorry to have my book, guys. It's just in my car, <laughs> two blocks away. Isn't it the one that gives the mounts rerolls to hit? And like I thought it was the one that did really annoying YouTube interviews with celebrities and gave them gifts from when they were kids. Like, oh, here's this picture of you and your grandma. I understand that you're making a joke. I just don't. I don't know the pop culture reference. <laughs> oh, it's Narduwar. The <laughs> you know what I'm talking about now. That is like no. Oh god, he's like a dude who like interviews celebrities, but he's like a fucking total nerd. Like and like, I don't even know how to explain it. He like interviewed Snoop Dogg, and Snoop Dogg's like, man, like not having it. That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's so. really funny. Um. Yeah, so Nautilar is the one... Let's see. Enclaves. Oh, can I inter- interrupt you real quick? Yep. Jacob Burleson just <laughs> messaged me saying, re-listening to old podcasts, and I'm really digging the song you played from your band. I'm totally, I will totally buy a copy of your album. Oh, my God. You guys have sold five <laughs> copies now. Dude, shut the fuck up, bro. I sold mad copies on tour. Dude, I even autographed one. <laughs> Oh, did you? Don't take it away from me. I mean, the guy looked like he might have taken the short bus to school, but (laughs) 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 he was like, like he asked me for my autograph. I was like, are you fucking with me right now, bro? (laughs) (laughs) 
like, like he was like, uh, no, man, I really like you guys. And, you know, what if you guys get famous? And I'm like, even if we got famous, it wouldn't be worth shit. But whatever. Here you go, bro. <laughs> yeah. All right. So not a lot. The units rule all failed hit rolls if they were charged that turn. Oh, it's the defensive. Um, Tidecasters lose access to lore spells and instead get protective barrier, which targets a friendly unit and lower the rend of any enemy attacking them. That's good, I guess, again, when you're using. If you're, for your Morsar guard, it's good. It's not good for your Ishlam. Because yeah. they ignore rend anyway. And then, um, your Kalian core can also take two Leviadons, which this guy wasn't doing, so no worries. Yeah. Okay, and then the last list I looked up was from um, Blackout, which was the first AOS 2 tournament. And this is Les Martin's list. He's the one that... Where is Blackout? It's in the UK. Okay. I don't know where, what country it was in. I gotcha. No, it was in somewhere in Britain. Could be Scotland. Could be the Wales. Could be, I don't know. Canada. It's, uh, in, it's in Britain. Um, so he ran Volturnus, Aspect of the Storm... A Tidecaster and two Soul Scryers. Okay. And then Dual three, three sixes of a Killian Morsar Guard. So it sounds like Soul Scryer is the one that lets you deep strike, right? Yeah. Every, that's that's a tr- like a theme here. Everyone's got a Soul Scryer in their list. Yeah. I actually have one painted and done. So it's not like throwing one in my list and reworking my list doesn't change much. Right. Now, um, I feel like another. I've made a lot of lists in the last like three weeks, and some of these themes occurred in my list. The soul the aspect of the storm. Yep. Him with the soul scryer is scary. Cause yeah, he's going with a soul scryer and six Morsar guard is also scary. Yeah, exactly. And then the soul scryer making it easier for them to charge anything. They get plus yep. three to charge. Yep. So, um, that's good. I think that like I. I saw that being feasible also. Yeah. Um, I will say the list that I designed after this tournament, after this tournament, um, to help me out with the, um, what would be like those two scenarios that we talked about that were particular. Yeah. Yeah. Location orb. This isn't like a prime list. This is like, just like a real quick thought. Mm-hmm. Some, but I was like thinking of the Kelly and King general doppelganger cloak because he's kind of squishy. Yep. And then you just have a Idol and a Mathlin aspect of the sea. Tidecaster. Tidecaster also. Yep. Uh, three Eastland guard, three Eastland guard, nine Morsar guard, ten Evocators. And you're running that nine rock. Iron, yep. Iron rocks. And then also you take cogs just for funsies. Sure, but I don't even know if like you would want to use cogs for making the shit faster because everything's kind of fast. It might actually be better to just use cogs as getting extra spells off. Yep, and also getting to reroll your your save for the map plan. Yeah, so <laughs> um, I think that would help you a lot with POAP. But I also feel like it would also be kind of building two two scenarios. I don't think it doesn't compete in those other scenarios, though. Yeah. I don't know. 10 Evocators is pretty good. So It is. It's also expensive. It's 400 points, yeah. Yeah. But no That's one's going to want to fuck with that unit. I would just drop them and take it. If I did like what I really want to do, I would drop everyone and just take three aspects of the storm. 
three units of ten Namardi thralls and a turtle mm-hmm. and call two thousand points and fucking <laughs> just I probably think you should do it. lose all my games. <laughs> Who cares? I mean, you're talking to the wrong person about that because all I want to do lately is build three or four behemoth lists and fill in minimum core or min battle line and everything else is support characters. Yeah. It's the worst idea, but it's what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> every army I build now, every army list is like 37 models. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, that's a 34 model list and I'd only have to paint three aspects of the storm. So- yeah, and pay $400. Yeah, maybe not from Mini Stomp, one of our great nice. sponsors. You know, just nice. saying. The doll, you know, he's the homie. The homie could hook it up. Just saying. That's real. Yeah. He might send you like a little Idenf pin in there with it. What? Really? He said sometimes he'll put like little gifts in there just because he likes promoting friendshipness. Really? Yeah. Like, I ordered a big box from him and he put in like. Two or three paints, a pin, and a, a bracelet. I think I have the bracelet right here. Yeah, this—it's like a 40k bracelet with all the insignias from all of the. Oh, I was the, hoping it would be like one of those charms like bracelets, a Lynch, a Lynch like, a, like a charm bracelet, like a little kid made, and it could say like "Mini Stomp Hearts Jacob." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, up your game, Mini Stomp. <laughs> the free shit you're giving away is not personalized enough. <laughs> could you fucking imagine, like? <laughs> <laughs> all right oh uh, i think we're gonna take a break yeah sounds good and when we come back we're going to take our listener feedback and questions and we're going to do a review of the workbook courtesy of the honest wargamer do you know any more words to that song oh I know a lot of the words, dude. I was looking this up this week. You get me a Vegemite sandwich. <laughs> what the fuck have I become? Security, emotion, find a way. Refuse, sideband, routine. Run over care in the fucking machine. See, you can win. So how in-depth do you want to go on this workbook? What workbook? Later. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. I am Judaism Rises. <laughs> and I am the father of lilies. What's going Welcome on? Back. Backity back. Yeah, what are you, it's cracking off, mate. Cranky. <laughs> cranky? I used to think it was cranky. <laughs> Is that weird? When I was like, I don't know, 25? I used to think <laughs> it's cranky. Uh, yeah. hey, do, you, do you reckon that the Daughters of Cain, their favorite movie is that movie about blue people that James Cameron made. Avatar? Avatar. I thought it was going to be Snacks on a Plane. Oh, Snacks yes. on a Plane. Snakes. Snacks? Snakes. Sna- snakes on a Plane? You know, <laughs> he may be dead. <laughs> Maybe he did what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do uh, you, you think that the Daughters of Cain, their favorite Nickelodeon TV show, do you reckon, would have been The Last Airbender? I don't know. I don't know if anyone's going to get this joke. I don't know if they had... What Nick- about, like, maybe their favorite old Disney movie was The Black Cauldron? 
Is that a Disney movie? I thought it was the... I think it is. All right, so we're going to get into questions and feedback from our listeners. Uh, didn't get that many this time, so it's going to be a shorter segment. We didn't really Starting ask anybody. We asked everyone like three hours before we recorded, bro. <laughs> we asked during this show. All right, so first question comes from Justin Rusk. He's at Rule on Twitter. He said, who is your favorite member of the Paw Patrol? Uh, the, the Fireman one. Yeah, clear winner. Everyone, everyone likes that one best. Yeah, because I don't like because I don't like cops, bro. Because I keep yeah. it gangsta up in this shit. I'd be shooting at the popo like click click plow 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 plow. You know what I'm saying? So I've always been down with the firemen because they're real heroes. Because they're not arresting my friend Miguel at Mets games because he might be cheering too loud or also too drunk to stand up. And then they. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He also asks. Why doesn't Dad buy? Why doesn't Warhammer Dad buy a new house at Lake Tahoe for everyone? Good question. I don't know, Mister. I'm a member of a secret organization that runs the entire world, not the Illuminati and not the Freemasons. But also, I'm gonna say, don't you have a lot of money, <laughs> Rusk? What anyway, about him? <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, isn't he a lawyer or something? Yeah, lawyers don't run the world. <laughs> yeah, he's also a member of a secret organization. I don't know. I might have to edit this all out because it's kind of What like... are you talking about? Oh, yeah. Can we restart? Nope. <laughs> oh. No. I think he might be something like... If I said it was the opposite of expensive and like a guy who did concrete work. Sheet metal? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm reaching. All right. Oh. No, I don't know why... Yeah, there you go. Now you get it. It's, yeah. They have secret lives... The Secret yeah, Lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skull and Bones. N- what, on the square and level? Yeah. Got yeah, it. that's what I'm talking right. about. Next question comes from Brendan Melnick at Hobby Bear on Twitter. said, what is the most terrifying prospect of venturing north into guys from Milwaukee territory? Brendan Melnick's thighs. Thunder thighs. <laughs> like, like I never skipped leg day. Have you seen? No. You, I, I, look I, at him. I was on it's, Facebook, and it, he was on my People You May Know, and it's just him like playing rugby or something. And I just stared at his thighs for like 30 minutes. I was like, all right, I'm not adding friend now because that will fuck up my marriage. But also you need to get those those eclipse glasses because looking at his legs is like staring into the sun. They are so white. Yeah, because he lives in the Midwest. Yeah. Also, cheese curds. Like, I'm afraid of them. Like, yeah. have you ever seen Attack of the How Killer Tomatoes? No. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Magnets. Magnets. <laughs> How do they How work? <laughs> I see miracles all around me. I don't know if this is any of our podcast listeners that get what we're referencing, but this is from a song that was popular on the internet, not because it was good, because it was awful, because it was also an insane clown posse song, but it was them saying that, oh, somebody wants to be on the podcast. I hope that, are you picking that up? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, baby. Yeah. All right. So that was my daughter. Everyone, she says hi. Um, better than anything you said in the last hour (laughs) anyway uh magnets how do they work is a reference to the insane clown posse putting out a song saying that all the years of them talking about like raping and murdering people and being giant pieces of shit and influencing huge members of society to just continue to be clown makeup wearing dregs that do fucking whippets and talk about how great they are was just all a ploy for them to get people into jesus (laughs) 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 <laughs> so. oh man 
Tag goes in, tag goes out. I don't ask any questions. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No, um, so if I don't know if anyone got the vibe from that, but if there is a group of people that I think should have, like there, there should have been a genocide for it's definitely Juggalos. So, and if you disagree with me, you just don't know enough about Juggalos. <laughs> So, <laughs> didn't they like assault Tila Tequila when she went on stage? Oh my event? god, they were like, You charlatan! <laughs> like, <laughs> who wants to sh- be like <laughs> yeah, Tila Tequila? Is also like a schizophrenic, right? She's She's got some serious mental health issues. I would just feel bad for her. I don't think I could ever hate her. No, she's, she's an idiot. Yeah, no, but like, you feel bad for her. All right, next question comes from Mike Scaletti at MS Minis on Twitter. Who's your favorite superhero, and why is it Steel as portrayed by Shaq? All right, Mrs. Mini- Miss Minis, Miss Minis, um, Miss, Miss, Miss yeah, not married, no, not Miss. married, <laughs> Miss, 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 Mainly because, one, his rap album, Dissing Kobe Bryant, was a classic. Yes, even Lily agrees. You hear she loved it. She loves it. It's one of her favorite rap albums. Hey, Kobe, how my ass taste. You know? <laughs> <laughs> classic. All right? And also, Steel, I saw that in theaters, bro, four times when I was a kid. That's just an instant classic. Not the first... Not such an instant classic that it was a classic the first time. We had to see it three more times to make sure it was a classic. No, I wasn't double-checking. I was reinforcing. Ah, uh, okay, sure. Yeah. The memories, the fond memories I have of Shaquille O'Neal. See? She knows, dude. Babies know everything. Have you, how many times have you shown Lily steel since she was born three months ago? 47 times. That's a lie. What's the actual number? 483 times. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, man. Next question comes from Nick P. on Twitter. This is the Flesh Eater Courts guy that I played in Alabama. He's at holla at me MD on Twitter. Is he a doctor? Yeah. Or he's like um, a medical doctor. Yeah. What kind of uh, what kind of diseases? I got this. My balls hurt, and I just want to get it checked out. <laughs> like 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 broken knees and like rehabbing that. Oh really? I think so. Cool. All right. Well. Yeah. So he said, uh, "What sort of things do you take into account during deployment?" Oh, this guy gave a real question. What a nerd! Well, All it, right. was couch- <laughs> it was couched in in two things. I'm not going to say. Oh. I like to deploy in a manner that ensures that no one's going to come on the in my backfield right away. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to deploy in a manner that I'm also spread out that what like, you know, there's like some random objectives that could fall yep. in. You want to yep. be able to make sure that you have like, I try to put my faster stuff in the center so I can then go left or right. And then I like yep. my slower, bigger blocks on my, on my flanks. So that, that's would be what I kind of think about when I'm deploying. Sure. So for me, when I, I start deploying, I look at my opponent's list and my list and I figure out who's going to win deployment. You should be able to tell if you're going to out-deploy your opponent or get out-deployed before anyone puts a single model on the table. That tells me if I'm playing for the ability to go first or if I'm going to get to choose to go second or if it's going to be out of my hands. If it's out of my hands, I always assume the worst. I assume I'm going to get alpha-struck. Right? So I try to, like you said, put yourself in a position where you can't get... No one can drop stuff from the skies and hit anything important to you. No one can come off on from the board edges and hit anything important to you. Right? So then... If my opponent has ways to come on from the board edge or if they have a way to drop something from the sky or from the ether sea, whatever it is, I put 
I basically put bait units, stuff that I'm not worried about losing, in those positions of vulnerability. Because you can't be perfectly castled, right? Like, that, that doesn't exist in the game. So I try to use less valuable units to space out and force them to come down and take less important units off of me, if that makes sense, right? So I'm getting them to commit a lot of resources to taking something that's not as important so that my counterpunch is going to be important, right? So I guess it comes down to, me for me, I figure out if I'm going to be doing the first hit or if I'm going to be doing the counter hit. And if I yeah. expect to do the counter hit, I want to make sure that I'm minimizing my losses. If I'm doing the first hit, I want to make sure that I'm in the best position possible to to hit as much as possible and have that alpha strike be as crippling as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what I take into account. Uh, next question comes from Smorgan at Araby Rises on Twitter. The question is, y'all stick to what you're good at and keep farming turnips. Farmer emoji with carrots. Farmer emoji with carrots. Farmer emoji with carrots. All right, this is what I have to say about this, right? You're just jealous that we live in a place where food fucking grows. <laughs> so you could just go sit, look out your fucking window at the desolate fucking wasteland of a country you live. No, I'm just kidding. I think Australia <laughs> could be very beautiful. Um, Smorgan, I've never eaten a turnip in my life. I don't plan to ever eat a turnip in my life. <laughs> the only reference to knowing what a turnip is is I've seen Spirited No, it's not Spirited Away. It's the other one. Is it Spirit Away? It's a Studio Ghibli movie. It's either that or Howl's Moving Castle. And there's a turnip head guy. It's Spirited Away. My wife just let me know. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe... Honestly, everyone who's hearing this in the background, if it's annoying you, go fuck yourself. I love my kid more than I care about you. Um, but also, she's never talked this much ever, and it's going on right now. She's all about it. So this is awesome. She's loving this I of Deepkin analysis. Um, yeah, having a blast yeah it's all about that aether and vortex son okay so next question comes from rob symes what kind of arrogant prick writes a book um i don't know a lot of arrogant pricks have written books like a lot of these books are books i've read recently like one the art of the deal two mine Con no um <laughs> uh, minecraft <laughs> it's uh Hitler, no, it's Hitler's second book about his lesser-known love of knitting. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I stole that off the internet. Don't laugh at that joke. That's not a real all joke right. of mine. All right, that's all the user feedback we got. If you guys want to write us better questions than those, because I'm sure you can, you can find us on Twitter at of Sigmar Podcast, or you can email us at rageofsigmarpodcast at gmail.com. That's our email, which is a Gmail. Also, uh, if you want to be like hey, like, I have this interesting idea I want to share with the Rage of Sigmar guys and basically make them do less work and give them free <laughs> content. You can email us. You can write up an article, email us, and we'll post it on our website, rageofsigmarpodcast.com. Trademark. Trademark. Yeah, you don't have to type in trademark in the URL bar. Just It's backslash, in... backslash, TM, backslash, copyright, backslash. <laughs> you just said backslash? You backstab. Said backslash. <laughs> <laughs> Black backstab, backstab, <laughs> backsmash. Yeah. All right. Well, we're really off the rails. Yeah. All right. So let's refocus. Let's get this last section knocked out. We're going to review the workbook brought to you by the Honest Wargamer, aka Rob Symes. Okay. What is that? So this is actually a great question because the first thing it says in there is, "What is this?" 
Initially, this is a man called Rob's attempt to standardize the language with which we used to talk about each other in wargaming and also to make you a better gamer. Basically, it's a workbook where you can read through it, answer the questions, put yourself in these categories and boxes, and figure out how you want to build your next army list. Is it multiple choice? <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, I always do bad at the shorthand and longhand <laughs> answers on it's, tests. It's essays only. Fuck, dude. No, All right, I'm... so the first question says, what type of gamer are you? However Drunk. you are, you are you. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, so instead of reading all that shit, just ask the question and I'll answer it. We'll see where we end up. So there's, there's like seven <laughs> categories, so you're going to have to listen. Okay. There's controllers who use debuffs to control their opponent. There's movers who think movement is the most important thing in the game. There's quickies who use alpha strikes. There's wombo combo bambinos who use an overriding trick like huge summoning or stacking command abilities. We've got the math hammeristas. You are the matrix. You know the average performance of every unit. There's the gamblers. If I roll a six and then two sixes and then ten four pluses, I'll win the game. We got hero hammers who uh, read the stories, I guess. And then the money, which is what's the biggest thing you got they buy everything and they want to win. So, Joe, what kind of what kind of gamer are you? I would say this is kind of like a stereotype because he used an Italian word in there, but the Bambino one—that's more like me. Because you think about it, right? I have no idea what I'm doing, so I'm gonna rely on one trick pony, bro. I'm gonna fucking yep. drop that command ability that brings up a bunch of extra attacks. Next thing you know, boom, 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 you're dead. Yeah, wombo combo, Bambino. I don't know how I got stuck in a Bobby Bottle Service accent. <laughs> Bobby Sorry. Bottle Service, a.k.a. Yeah. Bobby Bottle Service. Yo, yo, we Bobby Bottle Service. Welcome to cheating. <laughs> the name's Fabrice. Fabrice. Name's so nice you got to say it again. <laughs> All right. All right. A couple other questions that are going to guide you in this is, what is your tournament budget in money and time? How soon is the tournament? And are there painting requirements? So those are going to tell you how much time and money you have to invest? I'll answer. In- I'll answer all those imper- per- impertinence to LVO. Um, yep. My tournament budget is as as much as I can get away without my wife noticing. Yep. Okay. My time is <laughs> as much as I can get away with without <laughs> my, my wife, wife noticing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And then what's the last one? Are there painting requirements? As much as I can get away with without my wife noticing. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, my army's painted, so yeah, there is a painting requirement, but I'm done. So, next. Next. Will it have to travel? Will what have to travel? Your army. Uh, I guess. Okay. Yeah, all right, yeah, I so, all right, let's think about this. Like, all right, so Rob, this is a good point. I'm not going to make a joke out of this whole thing, but like, this is a great point by Rob. People don't design their armies always in the best manner for thinking about flying somewhere with it. And if you're like us, like me and you have a ton of experience flying with our armies. Yep. You do it like a jerk off, and I take the time to buy. You put everything in a bin, and you just shove it through TSA and hope everything works out, bro. You flew to England with your army in a fucking Tupperware. You don't get to laugh about that. That's bullshit. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> Only like one or two models broke. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah, I, like, I got like... um. I got a pack, uh, one of those, I think it's pack 357 would be the case, and that fits perfectly <laughs> underneath the seat. And you want your army, if you're going to fly, if you're new to flying with an army, if you're about to do it for the first time, you want to make sure your ca- the case fits underneath the airplane seat. 
you don't want to get a case that has to go in overhead bin because if it goes in overhead bin and it fills up, they're going to try and take your army from you and you're going to have to argue with them and be like, no, this shit is super delicate. I've been there. I've been on a, I've been on a flight where they've said there's no more overhead bin fa- space and I've been like, I am flying with a high, I, you know, you lie to them. You don't tell them that you're going to play games. They're like, this is a, for a painting competition. If anything gets damaged, I won't win. I spent years painting this army and you lay it on thick. But you don't want to deal with that. You don't want to deal I with that up, hassle. I gave up sex for this. Yeah. I never talked to girls. Yeah, exactly. I never talked to boys. No. Yeah, I live, I seriously, yeah. But if you're going to fly with an army, you want to ensure that it fits underneath the seat of an airline. Um, you can Google that information. You can look it up. Uh, it does vary airline to airline, but most airlines is like 19 by 17 by 12 or something. The I size think. of my Tupperware. And it fits right underneath there. That's fine if you use a Tupperware. But when you walk through an airport like an idiot with a Tupperware, everyone's like, what is that guy bringing, cookies? Now everyone thinks on the plane, this guy's got cookies, he's sharing, and you're not. Yeah, a guy ate one of my one of my Stormcasts, and it did not go down well. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What they, oh, well, I don't even know how to go from there. But it is a good point. If you're going to fly with an army, there are some armies you can't fly with. Yep. One thing, so a lot of this this opening section of the workbook is talking about like how you build a community and how you find games and how you how you get people to play with so you can get better. I'm going to skip through some of those because those aren't as pertinent to our conversation. But here's a fun question. Do you want to have a unique or a rarer army? I think you should always be striving for that. Like You should always want your army to stand out in its own way. Like, I'm and- the same way, dude. Like when I so I started playing Eighth Edition and I was playing Wood Elves, and they were the oldest book. They were super underpowered, and I felt super unique every tournament I went to. I was probably one of two or three Wood Elf players out of like a hundred people, and it yeah. felt good to to like know I was unique and special. And did it feel good to lose all the games you played? Uh, I had a way better record than your ass, and I beat your ass in tournament a couple times. So yeah, but you beat my ass in tournaments with their new book, which shifted their power. And they were way fucking better. So you don't get to talk about that because you never beat me with the old book. Because I would have kicked never, you. We never I played kicked, with the old book. I would have kicked your fucking teeth in with that old book, bro. <laughs> don't even fucking go there, bro. I would have put you in the ground. All right, let's get into the actual interesting <laughs> part of this, which is list building. Okay. So the first question they ask here is, what's the unique or strong factors of your army? How? All right, so... I want to respond to that with a question. I'm new to this, even though I'm not. But like saying, that's like, not a question. I, like you take somebody that's completely new to this. Yep. How do they figure that out? That's a great question. If you actually go onto Rob's website, the Honest Wargamer, who's who's or, Rob? Interestingly enough, one of the things that Rob started with with the Honest Wargamer was making it so that there's a common conversation about the strengths and weaknesses of different units. So if you go to his podcast. You can listen to the unit rundowns where they talk about the strengths and weaknesses of different units. You can also watch like uh, like live coverage of games, watch battle reports, and see what units are performing well, what units are not doing so well. You can also use AOS Shorts. They've got a huge list of tournament-winning lists. So you can look at who did well with your list like we just did with Ivanet. You can look at who did well with your list, and you can see what's in common, what's, what's good about them. Um, and the last thing on here is... If you just if you use Google, if you use one d four chan, like there's a lot of information out there about what units are good and are not good. And TGA forum has a ton of information and like different forums where people are talking about what units are good and are not. So if you if you want to take the approach of 
like listening to other people's ideas. There's a lot of stuff out there. Otherwise, I would say just like read your book and like read other books and see how your stuff stacks up against other War Scrolls. Like you can figure out what's good by reading and, and comparing it and saying, oh man, like this unit seems like it's a lot cheaper while doing the same thing as this other unit that I noticed. Yeah, I find that I, I dick around a lot on the AOS app, just like reading random War Scrolls. Same here. Exactly. Yeah, Completely um, agree. Yeah, I'll be like, if I'm like taking a train to work or something, I'll be fucking perusing War Scrolls the whole time and just figuring, figuring, figuring shit out. Right. I also think if you're if you've already committed to your army, or if you haven't committed to an army yet, buy the buy the battle tome. Read the read the allegiance abilities. Like figure out how you can abuse those allegiance abilities because every most armies have a really cool mechanic in them that's different than any other army. And understanding that and knowing how to use that is going to be what makes you better. Yeah. Yeah. And as uh... As time goes on, I mean, other armies are going to get... Like, the ones that are missing those really cool things are going to get them or something's going to replace them, and it's going to just get... Right. It's just going to get better and better as it goes, as it has been, yeah. so... And so with that question, what does it do well? There's also, what does your army do poorly, right? What... Yeah, like mine what holds, don't you have? holds magical-driven objectives poorly. Right. You shoot pretty poorly. Yeah, I have no shooting. I have six shots in the whole army, and it's on one giant fucking turtle. Right. So, like, there's... Learning where your army is going to struggle is going to help you build better lists. Yeah. Uh, so here's a really great question. Which units are good for the role you need or do you want to use? All right. So that's like we're applying this to, to me. We were applying it to like that idea of the list with the evocators, right? Mm-hmm. It's like saying this is how I fit those units in that I want to be able to do that, right? Right. You're saying I've noticed I have trouble <clears throat> holding objectives when you have to have a wizard or a hero with a magic item. Yep. What can I put in? I can slot in 10 evocators. That's 30 wounds with a 4-up save. That fights like crazy and is resilient against shooting. Yep. Um, do you have or need redundancy to achieve the win condition in some or all the missions? I think this is a really great question. One more time. Let's hear it again. Do you have or need redundancy to achieve the win condition of some or all the missions? What does that word mean? Redundancy? No, mission. <laughs> Like the battle plan? I'm just fucking around. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So I think building in redundancy is really smart, right? If you look at all the best lists, they've got more than one tool that's going to be able to to handle a given objective. Yeah. The question is, how well can you build in redundancy? Or how well can you use your list building to, to safeguard against someone seeing... Right, if someone sees the one thing that's holding your whole list together and they kill that... Are right. you done? Did you just lose? Because yeah. if so, you probably need to build in some redundancy. Yeah, agreed. Nice. Uh, the next couple of questions are sort of specific, but can you protect from being alpha-striked, and what are the prevailing threats? Hmm. So this has to do with understanding where the meta is at, what's going on with the, the current meta, what, what kind of armies you're going to see, and what to expect, right? Because getting caught off guard you're going to probably lose. If you're playing against something you haven't played against or haven't thought about how to play against, you're way more likely to lose. So if you like, don't know what makes the army run, you have a lot more of an uphill battle. So like yesterday, I was I played all three armies I played I'd never played before, so it was a lot mm-hmm. of like, I don't know how do these guys work. So like some of it was like going, well, like in my game against John, like I had no idea how hard it would be to kill those player bearers. It was super hard. Yeah. But yeah. I was like, the only way I'm going to find out like, he got on those objectives, so I was like, well, i got to play the game, and if I lose, I lose. But yeah. I'm going to figure out how I would beat this list next time. Right. And that's what I did. 
And I, I'm pretty right, and I think that this is that's what he's that's what Rob is talking about in his workbook. He's talking about doing your research, being aware of frequently taken units or armies, so you know what. So, like when you're building your list, you know what tools you're going to put against them. Yeah, doesn't mean you have to plan for every single scenario and how you're going to play each match, but knowing in general how you're going to deal with specific types of synergies and specific types of threats, I think is important. Yeah. Uh, the last question is, what do I want to do with the list? Now, obviously, the answer is win. Um, but how you want to win it comes down... To, and so how you want to win is really important. And this is something that Rob breaks down here in the workbook. He talks about total war versus limited war. Total war is you kill everything to win. Most armies can do it, but some can't. Whether or not you can achieve that really depends on your matchup. Right, the limited war is basically saying you get the gold. You play the objectives... You don't need to kill as long as you win on objective points. And so really, it comes down to, are you building your list to kill everything that your opponent puts on the table? Or are you building your army to get to those objectives and hold them longer than your opponent can? Yeah, I feel like if you're building them, if you're building a list for anything but the latter, you're going to have a much... I think it's going to be like, uh, for me personally... I don't want to like just make my opponent be like, wow, that was fun. I took my army off the table. The guy beat me. As much as right. it's like, you want to feel like you're playing the game and he's playing the game. And I feel like you're a better sport if you're going to tend towards the latter half of that. I completely agree. And I think it's going to make you a better player if you're playing towards that latter half. But it's also important to know how to handle someone who comes at you trying to just kill oh, everything yeah. you've got. Agreed. Agreed. So the questions you have to ask yourself here are, do you want to kill everything or score objectives? Can your list do what you're designing it to? And which lists can you do that against versus which lists make it difficult for you to do it? So knowing your matchups. Knowing your matchup and knowing from relatively early on in the game, my opponent's going to try to come at me and kill everything I've got. I have to beat him to the objectives or my opponent's going to try to get to the objectives. I need to do better against the objectives or go out and kill everything he's got. Mm. All right, so... Next in the workbook is the types of armies. So there's a couple, there's some archetypes of armies, and we can try to figure out which one is yours, Joe. There's the castle, which is a defensive type or basic positioning that makes strong walls or lots of cheap chaff. There's alpha strike, so hitting in the first turn so your opponent can't recover. There's finesse, which is delicate, usually highly mobile, and pretty unforgiving if there's mistakes. Hordes, which is a large model count. Elite, which is low model count and usually good output or defense. Mobile, which is high speed and big threat. Static, which means low movement. doesn't mean immobile, but pretty focused in the deployment because you don't get to go that far. We've got mechanized or monster mash, which is usually high toughness models or really good saves. And like, This is the armies you and I were talking about with like three Eidolons of Mathlan or four Avatars in Marathi. There's attrition armies, which does damage but can also take a bunch of damage, usually designed to outlast your opponent. Combined arms, which is kind of a mixed. There's the polarized or not all-rounder, which is really heavily oriented on one thing. Heavy shooting, heavy combat, heavy magic. It's really the opposite of a combined mixed profile. The counterpunch army, which is designed to take an alpha strike and then hit back so your opponent can't recover. Denial, which is really just about winning that limited war, so stopping anyone from getting to the objectives. And then there's other sort of outside ones, that are designed to topple the stronger armies, but aren't necessarily built just for the game itself. So I know I just read a lot at you, Joe, but where do you think your army falls in all those? 
I kind of stopped paying attention in the middle of that. I'm sorry. Yeah, we could <laughs> probably... The thing is, me reading it to you is not going to necessarily help you learn it. <laughs> you could probably edit out that last section, and we could just say that there's like a whole list of types of armies, and I'm you could totally, identify which one is yours. I'm not editing out any of those. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to let everyone know. Though. Now, I would say that my army is... Um, like on his archetypes it's like mm-hmm. i would say it's pretty quick it's a quick army yeah so, so it's the high speed and big threat radius yeah but also it's kind of a it's like a i don't think it's very forgiving it's definitely in that i feel like section. I, yeah i would say it's more of a it's more of a finesse army and i'm not gonna say that i'm playing it to finesse but like 30 to marty can go away very quickly if you make a mistake yeah and, i think honestly you're building you've been building this list as a pretty good combined arms Right, because you've got some real finesse pieces, some like mobile pieces, but you also have two big hordes in there. Yeah, I think building building a, a balanced list is going to be your best shot at building an all comers list. Because no list is a perfect all comers, but the better you can compete in each phase and have, I guess, different battlefield roles for your different units, the better you're going to be able to compete in any scenario against any opponent. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so. The next section is the tournament prep, practice games, and homework. So this is all about reading the pack, knowing what missions you're playing, and practicing. Playing games, practicing your deployment, figuring out if you can do fake drops, figuring out how you're going to out-deploy your opponent, figuring out how you're going to get across the board, stuff like that. And this is all... It's got a list of cool techniques and things you need to practice, but it doesn't really make sense for me to talk you through it because this is no longer about list building. But there are exercises in here that are going to help you be a better player. If you practice these things, if you think about these questions, they're going to make you a better player in the long run. Okay. Um, One thing I did like in this section when it's talking about what missions you're playing, though, is knowing the win conditions, knowing what you're going to do if you go first, knowing what you're going to do if you go second, and knowing when you want to get that double turn if there's a priority role that you win. Knowing how those interact. Mm. I mean, all right. Being so, being being having like a game plan for every situation is is pretty clutch. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty key if you're gonna actually end up being a top player. Yeah. Um, the next section just says get off book. So learn all your rules and stats. Know the command traits. Know what they need to hit to wound. What their rend is. Knowing all these things is going to speed up your games. It's going to help you make better decisions because you're not going to be spending time thinking about those things. And it's also going to help you make better decisions when you do list build, right? Because you build your first list, you perform a certain way. Most people are going to then tweak their list based on how they did. Some people are just going to keep playing that one list, but if you haven't designed it super well the first time, you're going to have to go back and reassess it. You just could be through a square peg round hole for a long time. How do you mean? Like, you know how, like, when you're a kid, they have that toy that's like a square peg with a square hole and a round peg. I know what square peg, <laughs> yeah. round hole means. Yeah. So I mean, like, well, how do you mean in this context? Asshole. <laughs> 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 like, okay, so you like you make this emotional thing. You go, oh, man, I like these models. I'm going to buy them all. And they suck at the game. Like, they're just like, or they, they don't suck, but they don't perform well in the situation mm-hmm. that you you are hoping they would perform well in, right? Like, yep. So you go, oh, I'm... 
Like I, all right. So my first Age of Sigmar army that I purchased was a Sylvaneth army, right? And I just didn't know how they played. I just happened to have some dryads, and I was like, "Fuck it." My friends are playing this game, and I built them, and I bought a bunch of Colonel Hunters, and I had to change instead of going and buying an army that played the way I wanted to play. Right. I bought an army that would dictate the way that I played. And I didn't yeah. have any interest in summoning forests and doing all of that kind of stuff. Even though I think it's interesting, I'm not bashing the army. I don't think it's a bad army. I don't think that if you like them, you shouldn't like them. It's just not what I was looking for. Sure. So then it was dictating how I was supposed to play my army, and that wasn't the way I wanted to play the army. So right. then I was like, I really just don't want to have terrain pieces that go with my army. So I bought Deepkin, which gave me two terrain pieces I had to play with my army. <laughs> Smart. Yeah. That's the key strat right there. I'm the best. So the next section he talks about making a cheat sheet. And I've seen this from a lot of players. And every time I see someone who has a cheat sheet, they're always checking off steps. They're always looking at how they should be deploying or what they need to be thinking about. So it's reminders for all these things that you and I have said over and over again. Remember Hammer is about who remembers the most of their rules. That cheat sheet's going to help you remember those rules, help you remember steps in your order of operations. But also, I think making that cheat sheet is going to get you better at that second step of remembering your rules quickly. Yeah. Although, I don't know. Whatever. You don't think making a cheat sheet is a good idea? No, I don't think it's a good idea. I think it's a great idea. But I think being the type of player that like is more... I don't know. I just feel like that's Social? Like, yeah, like I'm... Here's a question. Do you think there's value to making a cheat sheet and then not using it in a game? So that you've done the thought exercise. Oh, you're just... Well, I mean, we're treating... Like, you're thinking about this, we're actually... Like, taking a cheat sheet or, like, having a flashcard or any of that, like, that, to me, that's just too much school. And I hated school. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I know, like... I, I'm not... I don't have, like... The, like, of course, I'd love to win a tournament. But I'm a, I don't go to tournaments going, like, I want to win this tournament. I need to do this to win this tournament. I go there and I go, I'm going to play a bunch of Warhammer with people I don't know and have a good time. So, like, I'm a different style of gamer than this. Right. So when I hear, like, oh, you get cheat sheet, it's like, I'm like, like, to me, that's like, I get it. It's a great idea to win a tournament. But I'm like, man, I would not want to be, I'm like, by round three, <laughs> I'm drunk and I'm having a good time and laughing it up. I don't want to be reading a fucking flashcard, like, don't do this, you idiot. Like, and then I'm like, oh, I just did that. Like, because <laughs> I mean, like, that would be me. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what's even funnier is you saying that you don't want to write a cheat sheet or you don't want to do all the schoolwork and the homework. Well, like, that makes total sense. And that's probably why you and I aren't that good at this game anymore. It's also why I have, I'm having to read you this fucking workbook on the air because you wouldn't read it in advance so we can do a goddamn review. All right, what's next? All right, next up he says, play five practice games minimum. The more games you get, the more you're going to know your matchups. All right, next up it talks about the games itself. And here he actually gets into some really interesting tactics about understanding your opponent's army, understanding your army, and understanding the ebb and flow and how that affects tactics. But really... What I like most is his use of this phrase of the beatdown. So he's saying, who is the beatdown? What is the beatdown? Basically, he says that war games are like rock, paper, scissors, and you have to know when you have the advantage and when to press it, and when you have the disadvantage and how to undo that disadvantage. And that's what he's talking about with the beatdown. Okay, I thought it was something about like the really heavy part of a hardcore song. Is that a thing? A beatdown, yeah. I'll take your word for it. I- uh, 
Don't I've never listened to hardcore. It sounds like this. Dun dun dun. Something like that. And then that's the part where you say that's when I smiled and hand me a Vegemite sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the part where I just just punch people I don't know and then (laughs) get kicked out of the venue. Cool. Well, so I'm not going to go through all of the the no, details. We're going through the whole book, bro. How many pages is it? Seventeen. It's what page? Short, what page are we on right now? Eleven. <laughs> oh man, we're blowing through this. Let's keep going. Yeah, uh, I'm actually mostly done with his in-game analysis because <laughs> because you're getting disinterested, which means no one <laughs> listening is going to be interested. But I do like this last part where he talks about analysis. He's basically saying as soon as the event's over. If you have a chance, write down everything you learned from your games, look at photos you took, look at the lists you had and you played against, and replay those games over in your head and figure out how you could have played it differently and figure out what decisions were good for you and which ones were not good for you. So this is one thing I do like about going to one-day tournaments or commuting is when mm-hmm. after I had dropped Luke off last night, I drove back to Queens. So it was like a, it's like an hour and I had like time to kind of just think over my games and my moves and shit while it's yeah. still fresh. Because when we go to a GT, fra- that first three games is deleted from my memory by Sunday morning <laughs> from the amount <laughs> of alcohol <laughs> that we drink. <laughs> so like I never remember that part of the tournament. So that, to me, that was like, oh, man, I could actually reflect on some things that I learned today. Usually I don't have that time. Usually I'm like, I wake up on Sunday morning and I'm like, I have to play two more games. This is horrible. <laughs> what time do we start noon? What time is it? 4 p.m. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I've never overslept for a tournament, but I, I usually always am like the first one of our group awake. So I'm just like going around still kind of drunk and I'm like walking through like casinos and hotels looking for coffee. <laughs> like <laughs> Everyone thinks you're homeless. Oh. Yeah, I am, I guess. Guess so. So actually, that was the last page of this workbook. Because then it says, go back to part two, which is where you're designing your list again. So it cycles back. It's all about revising your list, coming up with a better version of it after playing it, and doing the whole process again. Now, I don't think we did a great job of explaining it in a way that a listener could go through it with us and and come up with a good answer for how they should build their list or what army they should play. But hopefully I don't think, I don't think, to think about that someone can, can go read it and say, Oh, I heard Joe talk about this, and this is his thinking on that. Maybe I should use that resource or think yeah, about this. Yeah, this exactly. Way. But if it was my thinking, you should avoid it. <laughs> right, because yeah. it will lead you to go one and two at a three-game tournament. Whatever. Bottom half, top I ten. I don't really give a shit if I am if I win tournaments, bro. So don't kidding. don't even get no. You're the one that's crying about. Oh, I only go three, two, and three at tournaments. <laughs> Uh, I was super consistent. I don't know what you're talking about. I only get two wins and three losses, and all my opponents, they don't give me favorite fucking opponent votes, even though I gave them $50 each and a signed <laughs> autograph of Katy Perry picture with me and Katy Perry at the 4th of July Day Parade in 1997. I told you that in confidence, Joe. I told you that in confidence. <laughs> all right, yeah, so that's that. <laughs> Still the end of our review and the end of our content and probably the end of our <laughs> podcasting days. Yeah, it was great talking to you, Jacob. Um, yeah, anybody you want to shout out before we go? Did you spit on your computer? There's like a smudge. What is that? All right. All right. Now, what I am going to say, as I'm going to say, I'm going to give a big shout out to the guys in the dwellers below. 
because without all the content you gave me for this episode that I didn't even talk about this whole time, I, I just want to say thanks, guys. Just thanks. Yeah, you motivate uh, us. You give us a reason to be. Yeah. Um, You're the yin to our yang. But I wish you guys would stop talking with those funny voices. <laughs> like, why do you all sound <laughs> like I'm like trying really hard not to offend them but also like make them laugh and I don't know how to do that <laughs> there's nothing you can say yeah so here's the plan guys we're gonna come to Australia and I'm gonna eat um, I wanna eat, well there's this restaurant I heard that they have that we don't have here it's called Macca's Macca's it's like a burger spot Macca's? Mac- oh, yeah, yeah, Mac-as. yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. I think it's M-A-C-C-A-S. Yeah, yeah, it's got, like, uh, like this giant M. It's like a golden M is their logo. Right, right. So yeah. Actually, it, I'm surprised it's not, like, from St. Louis, because it just looks like two of the St. Louis Arch together. Yeah, I like to think about it as, like, a giant M for mediocre. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, so, I'm. yeah, we're going to come to Australia. We want to see what your country's like. I want to get bit by a venomous animal. I'd like to get kicked Preferably by... Preferably <laughs> one of the dwellers. Yeah, I would like to get kicked by a kangaroo. Preferably one of the dwellers. Uh, I want you to take me to a small island off the coast or in the nearby vicinity and show me a lay- egg-laying, duck-billed animal that has milk. You're just making shit up now, right? Uh, I don't know. These don't sound like real things. Did you Did you read this in your Realm Gate Wars book again? <laughs> Yo, I really just want to go to Australia and like just knock that off the bucket list. Never go back. You don't. I'm you just, don't want to go and see the Sydney Opera House. They have opera there. Probably, probably. What is the Sydney Opera Figaro, House? Is, is, is that Figaro. like? Is that like the um? Is that like the building that's on the water there that's made famous? This is our worst episode ever. I know. I'm really reaching for content here. I'm not being funny. You seem super disinterested. <laughs> no, I'm just so tired. But my buddy Sean has a didgeridoo, and I was like, how do you play the? You taught me how to play didgeridoo at your bachelor party. Remember that? I did. Yeah, I was sick. So we're like already Australian pretty much, but I just got to get shorter shorts. Um, but my buddy Sean had a didgeridoo, and I was like, what do you use this for? He's like, oh, I just smoke weed through <laughs> Oh man, the that's biggest funny. bong ever. No, yeah, I feel it's like sick. when you buy a didgeridoo, it's got to come with like a list of things probably not to try, and it just says like didgeridoo don'ts. <laughs> I like that, dude. My didgeridoo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck. Um, <laughs> no, I was gonna say. Uh, I feel like if you buy a didgeridoo, like suddenly you have you wear like a like a wool poncho that's tie-dye and you get dreadlocks and you, automatically. St- you stop wearing deodorant everyone on the college campus squad thinks you're a jerk off yeah but you're the best at hacky sack you're the so best fuck them all yeah extreme hacky sack bro can we just rebrand our podcast and have it be a hacky sack comp like podcast probably get as many listeners yeah i'm gonna delete all of this that's probably good do you want to like redo saying goodbye Let's just do it right now. Uh, if you want to hit us up, you can hit us up on Twitter at uh, of Sigmar Podcast. You can email us at Rage of Sigmar Podcast at Gmail. That's our email. That's our email. Um, we got a Facebook page you can like and then never see any posts on it because who uses fucking Facebook to talk about Warhammer? I use that shit to ignore my relatives. 
<clears throat> exactly right. If you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at Big Jables, and Joseph is at a hymn of serpents. Yeah, that's a really hard Twitter handle to give out. Like I was telling someone, I was like a hymn of serpents. He's like, how do you? I'm like a hymn, like you know, like a hymn, but like my like a hymnal. <laughs> then when I think about it, I want to say like like incinerate him, the Deicide <laughs> album. <laughs> and like no one listens to Deicide but me, so I'm like, no, oh, I also shit. If you say incinerate him. It sounds like you're using the pronoun. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I guess maybe I should just like, the, no, the noun, not the pronoun. Traveling in a fighter combi On a hippie trail head full of zombies I met a strange lady, she made me nervous The revolution will not be televised. You will not see people walking down the street with the age of Sigma carrying cases filled with figures painted in all sorts of colors. Because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. You will not hear people yelling, only the faithful in the streets, while you sit at home drinking your beers on the couch. Because the revolution will not be televised. You will not meet groups of ginger Australian men appropriating African American culture in their podcast about Warhammer because the revolution will not be televised. You will not move to Harlem like Hillary Rodham Clinton and drive up the prices of people living in the neighborhood and watch Whole Foods move into your neighborhood and totally ruin everything and meet a bunch of nerds playing Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Uh, oh, God. I'm going to stop recording. It's, it's done. It's done. That was like okay. the best I could get. Rage of Sigma. 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 Rage. Rage of Sigma. Rage of Sigma. Rage. Rage of Sigma. Rage of Sigma. Roger Sigma. Rage. Rage of Sigma. Shrimp on the Barbie, Rage of Sigma. Mmm, yes, Vegemite sandwiches. Bendigo and Wollongong. Wallabies and kangaroos. Dingo ate my baby. That's not funny, that happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> A baby ate my dingo. Mmm, Mad, Mad Max movies. Hugh Jackman. Huge Jackman. 
Christopher Hemsworth. Liam Hemsworth. Liam Neeson's. Molly Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were saying Molly. <laughs> Wallumbees. Um. Didgeridoo. Oh, didgeridoos. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. What's up, my didgeridoos? <laughs> Didgeridoot. All right. So, okay, I'm going to stop that, and that will just be our samples track. Stop recording. Sounds good.